Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So pull me closer, why don't you pull me close? Why don't you come on over? I can't just let you go. The White House seems to be okay with drilling. And I know that that's very confusing because this is the most progressive White House since FDR. As a matter of fact, this White House would make FDR go, oh, that's how it's done. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. The Willow Project is about allowing oil drilling in Alaska. It's a project that has been a 30-year effort by ConocoPhillips to engage this drilling in northwestern Alaska. The question is, why now? The question is, how the White House? The question is, does this actually bring a value to American safety and security? And what about those super angry progressives? And oh, they are super, super angry. James Taylor joins us right now. Uh, James is with the Heartland Institute. He is actually the president of the Heartland Institute. Find everything at heartland.org. And they discuss these issues of green, not from its political ideological perspective, from but from a factual perspective. What is it that people are discussing when they talk about green energy, green this, green that, when they talk about the environment, and what is the real data versus what we're told is the data? James Taylor joins us right now. Let's start with a primer, James. What is the Willow Project, and what is the Heartland Institute's take on it? All right. Well, first, Tony, it is a pleasure to be on your show again, my friend. Uh, what is the Willow Project? Well, this is something where the media is selling us a bill of goods. They want us to believe that Joe Biden is standing up to the progressive left. And people are asking, why is he doing this now? Why, is he, why didn't he do this the first two years of his term? Well, the reason why the PR is out on this, saying that he's standing up to the left, is because we're starting to get towards the 2024 election season, and he wants people to forget what an absolute, complete leftist he's been. But even that narrative about him standing up to the left is false. It's not what the facts are. The Willow Project is a small area within the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. The National Petroleum Reserve was set up specifically to produce petroleum. Why was it set up that way? Because there is such prodigious amounts of oil in the reserve. Because it's in the Arctic tundra, the flat, barren Arctic tundra, with little impact on anything else. It comprises less than 10% of the state of Alaska. And the Willow Project is just a few percent of that 10%. Now, what's going on here? Basically, it's this. Joe Biden has said he was approving three out of the five proposed sites within the Willow Project in which ConocoPhillips wants to drill for oil. And at the same time, now you don't hear that in the media. They say he approved this massive oil producing project. No, he killed 40% of the proposal. And at the same time, he killed wholesale another proposal adjacent to Willow. This is the equivalent of if you go out, let's say you go out to dinner with your family. 
You come home and you find some juvenile delinquent throwing rocks through your window. He smashed four of your ten windows, and then you come home and catch him. And then he says, well, look, I'm not such a bad guy. I left six of your windows untouched. Yeah, because he got caught. And then on his way out of the neighborhood, he goes and smashes all of your neighbor's windows. And he says, well, look, I'm still a pretty good guy. I left six of your windows untouched. That's what's going on here. Joe Biden is shutting down a massive amount of proposed oil production, which would have a real difference on gasoline prices in this country, which would have a real difference on America's ability to supply our friends and allies in need in Europe, in Eastern Europe, throughout Central America with oil. And instead, he does a little bit. He carves out a little bit of production that can still remain while getting rid of most of it. And then the media goes out and says he's a hero. And AOC and her buddies, they're piling on with a window dressing so that, again, they're helping out Joe Biden. Oh, he's standing up to us. Oh, this terrible Joe Biden. Let's take a step back. What he has done has been no friend, no ally of oil production or American energy production. Let me take a step back now because your argument is actually that he is doing more to harm energy security in the United States then help energy security in the United in the United States and even though this might be helpful I think they see 600 million barrels over the course of of its lifetime I think the number is in the main we're still no better off we're still well behind the eight ball because of Biden administration policies absolutely he is doing much more to kill oil production in this action of his than he is to assist it. If Joe Biden would simply allow in the National Petroleum Reserve, which Congress set up specifically for the production of oil, if he would simply allow the projects that have been proposed, we would see substantially more oil production, multitudes more oil production than what is going to be allowed. We would see probably five to 10 cents reduction in the price of gasoline and America's dependence on Russia, on Saudi Arabia, on Venezuela, on Iran, for oil would would be reduced significantly. Talking to James Taylor, he is the president of the Heartland Institute, Heartland, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, heartland.org. And this move, this this thing called the, the, the Willow Project, this isn't specific to one project. That's what the area, the region where this drilling is allowed is called, correct? Correct. Okay, it's important because you're right. When I first read this, I'm like, how fascinating. There was an interesting article over at National Review from Jim Garrity about why is this White House not as progressive as it was? And it was a conversation of is Jeff Zients uh, or Zients, the, the new chief of staff, just that much different than the former chief of staff, staff Ron Klain? Your argument is this is a window dressing story. If that's the case, why is the political left in such an outrage? about it yeah and it's purely politics you know this is the same argument if under joe biden when he takes office and inflation's under two percent in his first year inflation goes up eight percent because of his policies in the second year inflation goes up six percent and he says oh inflation's down it's down from eight percent to six percent this is the same type of rationale that they're putting forward and this is basically the mainstream media is going to run with whatever messaging the White House tells them to run with. And the messaging here is because he knows there's an election next year. Hey, look, I'm actually a moderate. I'm the common sense moderate in the room. 
I'm triangulating Bill Clinton's old term and strategy. In reality, it's not like that at all. And people need to look into the facts to see what is exactly going on. He's shutting down much more oil production in the National Petroleum Reserve that's set up for oil production. He's shutting down much more than he's allowing. One other point that's also worth noting, back in the day, when the environmental activists and their political allies would oppose and shut down other production products, oil production, or in Alaska, there was the pebble mine a decade ago that would have, been, would have made a substantial difference on our copper uh, deposits, on other sorts, on other uh, minerals that we need in this country, but was shut down. They at least went through the motions of inventing some far-fetched environmental re- uh, reason that had something to do with the actual environment. It really had little basis in reality, but they would say regarding the pebble mine that was proposed in Alaska, well, there is a stream that flows through the mining site, and that stream 200-some-odd miles later empties just a tiny fraction of the water into Bristol Bay, and salmon fishing is important there, so we can't do this to save the salmon. It was a nonsensical argument, but at least it was an argument that had something to do with the environment as nonsensical as it was. Now they're not even trying this argument for the National Petroleum Reserve. The only thing they say is climate change, climate change, as if if we don't produce this oil, then people just won't buy oil or use oil anymore, as if Russia, Iran, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia aren't going to produce the oil that people will buy anyway. This is economic self-mutilation, and the only justification they give is this amorphous concept of climate change. They don't even bother to try to make any stupid arguments about salmon or anything else because they don't even need to anymore. You the media have, is in the bag for, for the climate crazies. You have over at heartland.org a, a piece under environment and energy by Ronald Stein, Ronald Stein, and it reads, American suppression of fossil fuels courts a national security disaster. That's where you started to head down the road because when you take a look at what Germany was doing, giving up nuclear to depend on Russia. You take a look at Europe as a whole and their dependence on Russia, which had to come to an end because of Russia's invasion into Ukraine. You realize exactly on what level of precipice these nations do indeed exist. The United States is not Russia. The United States has opportunities. How are we not learning from this as a nation and saying what more can we do in a rational way? to to make sure that we are energy secure. Absolutely. And when you look at Russia, for example, with their military machine, how did they get the money to buy all those tanks? How did they get the money for their military machine? It's largely because they have been selling oil to Western Europe and the rest of the world because we in the United States, due to our government's policies, not due to the lack of oil, we have more oil than Russia, we have more oil than Saudi Arabia, but we've made a political decision to not produce it. That's what enables nations like Russia to become strong, to flex, to have military muscle to flex, and then for the rest of the world to fear crossing Russia and siding with Russia against the United States when we have diverging interests because they don't want their oil cut off. At the same time, the Biden administration, as they talk about climate change, as if this would have any impact on climate change, their solution is to have the entire American economy, as well as the global economy, dependent upon China and its rare earth minerals and its production of wind and solar power equipment. This is absolute ridiculous policy. And again, this, is, this has nothing to do with the environment, nothing whatsoever. Talking to James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, heartland.org. Um, the, the 
Issues in Europe would have been further exacerbated by a cold winter. That cold winter did not come because there is nobody who is not within the space who did not discuss the fact that if the winter is as cold as it has been, things are going to get very ugly for Europeans, whether it be Germany or other places, in being able to stay warm. How has this changed how they view their own power when and when you take a look at the fact that they're not going to be taking that uh, energy from Russia anymore, and they also decided specifically in Germany to give up on nuclear power. Uh, and the follow-up is, uh, shouldn't we have nuclear power here in the U.S.? Well, that certainly should be one of the options on the table that are that makes much more sense than wind and solar power. Look, we have enough oil, coal, natural gas to power our economy more than enough to power our economy and to export to the rest of the world. Oil, coal, natural gas, those are the least expensive and most abundant forms of energy. That's what, if government just got out of the economy's business, that's what our economy would largely be running on. Nuclear power is a little more expensive than those, not nearly as expensive as wind and solar power. It is zero carbon dioxide emissions. It's zero emissions of any sort. And at the same time, it is available on demand. It is much more reliable. This is something that we don't have to rely upon Chinese parts and the minerals and the rare earth elements from other nations, mostly being processed in China for. Nuclear power, people talk about, oh, but it's horrible, nuclear power for the environment and the risk of a, of a catastrophe. If you recall in Fukushima, Japan, when you had the nuclear power plant there that was subject to, first of all, a 9.1 earthquake, something nobody here in the United States has experienced any time in our lifetime. And that earthquake had occurred just offshore from Fukushima. At the same time, it created a tsunami that just laid waste to the entire area. How many people died as a result of that nuclear power plant being subjected to and smashed by those two events? The answer is zero. How many people had to go to the hospital with serious radiation issues? The answer is zero. So yes, nuclear power is a much better option than wind and solar. It's safer, it's more abundant, it's more reliable, it's available on demand, and it's much less expensive, and it's American-made. When we come back to the conversation about America before I let you go and this conversation about the Willow Project, we're still glad this is going on. We're still glad that we're going to be able to maybe get a little bit further uh, in into the area of energy security in the United States. I, just, I refer to it as energy security as opposed to energy independence or as former President Trump referred to it as energy uh, dominance. Um, but... Is, is, is there anything in this, you know, as you talk about it politically, is there anything in this that can be utilized in a, well, if you're going to do this, Mr. President, here's something that would be even better for us. Is there any opening that you see, or is this, as you described it, nothing more than a shell game, and we are still so far behind the eight ball, it, you can't even begin to catch up? This is, a star- this is a man with a loaf of bread. There's a starving man begging for some food. He munches on half the loaf, he throws you a crumb, throws the rest in the trash, and wants you to say, oh, thank you for giving us a crumb. That's what's going on here. We should be allowed to produce oil in the National Petroleum Reserve that's set up specifically for this purpose without President Biden knocking 40% off the production of the Willow Project and then negating an entire uh, additional project right next door, taking it entirely off the books. This is doing nothing for the American economy. It's doing nothing for our energy sector. James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, heartland.org. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I've got more to get to, guys. I'm Tony Katz.